Hi guys and welcome to my podcast, Rose Tinted Glasses. Like many girls, I have been blind to red flags and tend to see situations in a positive and unrealistic light. Every week I'll be speaking to guests about all things love, dating, breakups and of course red flags. Today I'll be talking to one of my closest friends Kaya, she is quite possibly the strongest, bravest and most resilient woman I know. We've become close while I was in a relationship with her son's dad and have remained friends ever since, helping each other through some shitty times. Kaya has been through more in her 26 years than most people will go through in their lifetime. Today we'll be discussing how she has coped with her husband being diagnosed with terminal cancer. If you've been through or are currently in a similar situation, please listen on with caution. So we've got Kaya here just holding Sonny, trying to keep him quiet. So if you do hear um, cries or baby <laughs> breaths, that is little Sonny, who is, how old is he? Like nine weeks? Ten weeks yesterday. Ten weeks yesterday. So tell me about your relationship from the very start. It's so lovely because I've just come out of a really shit relationship with the narcissist. Uh, the first time we actually met up, you was there. <laughs> with her ex-boyfriend. Not Josh, the other one. <laughs> the night I pulled your earrings out. Yeah, the night she pulled my earrings out. So we'd been talking... I've been there from the very beginning. I know. Yeah. It's fake. Who would have thought it that I'd been Nova's godparent? Oh, I know. And she wasn't even conceived when you met Aiden, and that was the night you pulled my earring out. Who would have thought, like three years down <laughs> oh the line, God, I'd be Nova's godparent? If somebody and... had told me that, I'd be like, mate, you're fucking joking. Yeah. Are you on crack? So the first night we actually met was in Kikui. And the first time I see him, he had his little dangly earring in, he had his little septum piercing in. He looked really, really cute. Um, and he was just a gentleman, really. He was just, he was just like, I've never met someone like him. He was just cute. You know what he's like. Mm. He's just cute, isn't he? He's just sweet. He's a genuine, kind soul. Yeah. And he's really caring. He just cares for how you are. And I'd like, obviously, I, I hadn't had that. So your relationship started off as a friendship? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We didn't want to be in a relationship with anyone. I was quite enjoying being on my own. He was quite enjoying being on his own. Um, about two weeks into it, seeing each other every day, it was like, hold on a minute. Well, I actually really like you. And I remember sitting on my bed talking to him. And I'd be like, well, what are we going to do? He said, I think I've got feelings for you. I goes, I know. Me too. What are we going to do? It's shit. He goes, well, I guess we're together then, aren't we? It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> that was it. Mm. That was that was how we got together. Within a couple of days, we're like, let's let's get married and have babies. <laughs> <laughs> Within a couple of days, this is Kaya all over. <laughs> let's get married and have babies, and so we booked the holiday. We went on holiday. We made a wish in a wishing well that we had we would have twin girls called Nova and Luna. Came back off holiday, been together for six weeks, and I was pregnant with Nova. So when you had Nova, what was your relationship like then? Did that put any stress on your relationship? Because you were quite a new relationship, and you didn't really know each other that well. Well, I just remember 
having our one year anniversary with a two month old <laughs> um and I just had fallen even more deeply in love with him i I didn't know that was possible. I just fell head over heels in love with him even more than I was, just watching him be a dad, watching how caring and loving and just he was so lovely he was hands-on everything I'd ever wanted really because of all I wanted was a family and he was just perfect it was perfect until just before her first birthday and that was when he started having seizures the first time I found him something inside me told me to go and check on him I'm like, babe, babe, wake up. And and he wasn't waking up and he was like all crooked on the bed. And I just rolled him over and he had foam in his mouth, like coming out of his mouth, like bloody foam. And there was blood on the pillows. And when I saw the blood, I panicked. And I was like, Marley, Marley, go get my phone. Um, I called the ambulance and... They came and I called his mum and I was like, something's wrong with Aiden, I don't know what. Um, they said, And when the ambulance came, they said, it, it looks like he's had a seizure, but we're not sure because obviously he'd never had a seizure before. He'd never had a history of any of that to happen to him. So, so that was just after Christmas. And then a month or so later, he was driving to work at about 10 o'clock when he um and I get a phone call from my friend I was like I've just found Aiden he's on the side of the road ha- um the car's in the middle of the road and he's and he's acting really weird like he's just passed out so again I just rang his mum I was like can you go and see if Aiden's okay I've just had a really weird phone call from somebody he works with um saying he's on the side of the road can you go and check on him the police had been called because they thought he was drunk. The ambulance had been called. And again, it was like he's having signs of like he's had a seizure. But they called it something really weird. What was it? Um, a Swiss cheese effect. Is that what... It, the cheese with the holes in it. It sounds really weird. And we was like, what? It basically, it was a load, load of things happened. Like, he'd just got petrol. He'd been bending over to fill his tires up and he drank a load of monster so they said it was a load of thing put together that's made him basically have a mini seizure or whatever and that was that really he was checked out he was fine slept for days but then this is how we found out actually so he went to the doctor he went to the hospital to have a scan on his face because somebody had punched him in the face and he went to go and have an x-ray on his nose and that's how we found out that there was a mass in his brain. And I was tattooing that day and his stepdad rang me and was like, just go just go to Michelle's house, we'll explain or when, when we get there. And I'm like, what? Tell me now. Because obviously you know something's wrong. Mm. Like, tell me, why won't you tell me? Anyway, they said they found a mass on his brain. We'll tell you more when we get home. So I literally left work really quickly that day. Um, 
got back and they're like, they found something in my brain. I've got to go and have CT, a CT scan tomorrow. Um, and then a couple of days after that, you had the CT scan. And then it was an MRI scan. And then within a week of that, he had the brain surgery. Obviously, I love to Google things. I'm Googling everything. I'm like, right, he's got brain cancer. So I have a grade one, two, three or four. So he had the brain surgery a week before Nova's birthday on the 28th of April or the 29th of April. He got told it was the grade four glioblastoma terminal cancer that um, and he had weeks to months to live. That's horrible really. It's just not, it's something that you don't really expect. And I remember that day really clearly because he dressed in a suit. Mm. And, <laughs> and I'm like, why are you dressing in a suit for to find out if you're going to die in five years or in weeks? <laughs> he wanted to look good. <laughs> he goes, well, I want to look good. Um, and so he got us all to dress up and I'm like, why? I don't want to dress up nicely. Like, this is not something I want to dress up for. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. It's the last thing you just want to go to, let alone dress up for. But now I know why. Yeah. Um, he proposed to me on that day. The day, yeah, it was. So after you found out it was grade four, terminal cancer, he had weeks to live. (laughs) He then took you to... We went and sat in a pub. I drank a load of alcohol. I had a couple of shots. And then we went to um, tell his, his family, which what I thought he was going to do, mm. tell his family. It's partly of why we went there. And then as he was telling his family, he, he turned around and... Um, was like, one of the, one of the things that I want to do in... in before I go is marry marry this beautiful lady and I'm like what <laughs> oh my god were you shocked at that moment yeah I was yeah. I was because I I knew I we talked about marriage we we knew we wanted to get married but it was one of those things that we no it's fine it was one of those things that um we ain't got the money mm. do you know what I mean we'd love to get married but Right now, it's just not on the top of our list. Mm. Um, So, yeah, it was a shock. It was a lovely shock. It was such a weird feeling as well, because one minute I was so happy. Oh, my God, I've just been engaged. I've just... Every girl dreams of this, do you Mm. know what I mean? Like, the ring was beautiful, it was perfect. And then... And then, bam, I'm like, fuck. He's dying. I'm like... God, and I felt really sad. Then I'd feel guilty for being really happy. Then I'd feel guilty for being really sad. Mm. Mm. And this was, like, all in the same day. I'm like, I don't know how to feel. Like, somebody, like, what the hell? It's literally, like, <laughs> the complete opposite of emotions yeah. in one day. And the lowest of the low that you could ever feel yeah. and the highest of the high you could yeah. ever feel, you just felt them in that, in that day. one day. In that I can day, imagine like, that was... I can <laughs> like imagine you come home... <laughs> my Prosecco like what do I feel I imagine you come home with a headache and slept for well you couldn't have slept with Nova but you know what a stressful but happy sad such a weird feeling it was amazing it was sad it was horrific 
but beautiful mm. all at the same time it was weird processing the emotions of your hus- your the love of your life the the person that has literally made you the person that you wanted to be inside that you knew you could be brought you out of all of the shit made you the happiest person you've ever been completed your soul do you know what I mean like because mm. before I met him I was just a mess and then I met him and, and we clicked and everything was perfect and it was just lovely um to to be told that you've got weeks with him and you've got a one-year-old and you're 20 24 years old and you do you know what I mean mm. most 24 year olds are out in town getting pissed mm. So after your family found out that you've, you know, the brain tumour with Aiden, he had weeks to live, you were then proposed to, your cousin decided to make a GoFundMe page to raise money for your wedding. Yeah. Which needed to happen within yeah. weeks. <laughs> like ASAP. Yeah. So how much did you end up raising? Um, I can't remember exactly, but it was about 12 grand. It wow. was a lot. <laughs> it was wow. a, a lot. It was just a weird feeling. Like I just felt so many people had grouped together and helped create such an amazing, special... Like, helped make this special day happen because it wouldn't have happened the way it did. It was, it was perfect. Like, mm. you went to my wedding. It mm. was just magical, wasn't it? Mm. It was every girl's dream, do you know what I mean? With all your family and friends there, where you wanted it, your lovely dress. Yeah, it was perfect. Mm. What was your favourite memory of your wedding day? Um... She's got a smile on her face right now. (laughs) (laughs) My my favourite memory was seeing Aidan's face for the first time as I walked down the aisle when he seen me in my dress. And he just looked like, wow... Oh. And I just felt like a princess, mm. do you know what I mean? My dress was just a princess dress and mm. it was just perfect. The the song, the lights, everything was just perfect. It was just lovely. I felt really emotional. Mm. And I try not to show my emotions to people. I don't like to cry in front of people. I like to be a strong person that can deal with shit. I just started crying, like, oh, my God, this is this is it. Like, I'm about to get married. It was just, mm. it was just, like, oh. I don't even know. I'm getting emotional. I'm <laughs> now thinking about it. So, even through all of these shitty times with Aidan being ill, hospital appointments, raising your children, you still managed to achieve accomplishments during this time. Yeah, in three months, I moved house. I learnt to drive because he couldn't drive anymore and we had two kids. And we moved to Bucklebury, which is in the middle of nowhere. So I had to drive and I planned a wedding. Did you feel really proud of yourself? Yeah, I felt well proud. I felt like for once in my life I'm actually achieving something. Mm. You're managing to keep everything together. Yeah. And move house, learn to drive. Yeah. I felt like an actual grown-up for once. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) For the first time in my life I felt like I was bossing, being 
independent independent woman Mm. (laughs) yeah so it's almost been a year and a half since your wedding where at that time Aidan was given weeks to months to live and he's still here now so can you tell me about the current situation with him and how he is around when did covid happen March, March, last year. So around that time, yeah, around around March, he started to develop a cough, but it just didn't go away. And then he started to itch. I think the itching was the is has been the worst part for him because. I mean, you've seen him. He's covered mm. in scars now from it. Mm. He scabs all over. He can't sit still. He's it, constantly itching, Itching, isn't itching, itching, itching. And it's, it just sounds horrible. Mm. Um, so the itch and the cough happened. And then I would say May, June-ish, he started to get night sweats. So we put the cough down to him smoking. We put the itch down because he started coding to help with the pain from his brain, from his headaches. Um, and that started within a week of him taking the codeine. So he stopped the codeine, but the itch never went away because um, itching is a side effect of codeine. And then the night sweats we put down because we was having a heat wave. The cough was just smoking. So we kind of just... Do you know what I mean? You just pass those symptoms off. Mm. But when they don't go away and it's he's like, I'm getting it, I've just got a pain in my chest. Um, like and he's just sat there like, Oh, my chest hurts, do you know what I mean? I'm like, can you just please let me tell the doctors? Like we can try and sort this out. He's like, No, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. So it gets to October and um he's absolutely sick to death of this itch. It's he's bleeding, he's covered in scabs. The sweats, he's changing his clothes through the night so many times. I'm doing so much washing from it. And it's just, it's like, it's got to the point where it needs, something needs to be done. And I'm like, tell them about your cough. And he's like, no, it's fine. I'm like, right, I'm going to tell them. So I tell them about his cough. I'm like, he's had a cough. It's not going away. It's been going on for about seven months now. Um, he's got a pain in his chest. When he lies on the side, it really hurts. And I just don't feel like it's... I feel like there's something going on. So he got sent for a x-ray and some blood tests. The blood tests came back. There's something going on with his liver. His liver function tests were all over the place. The person actually came out and said, do you get a lot of pain in your chest? He goes, yeah, it's really, I'm, I'm struggling to breathe. Um, and I get quite breathless a lot. She was like... I'm going to send this to your doctor as an urgent. Um, she's going to call you today. And obviously, you know, don't mm. you? Like, we've been we've been here before, we know. So he comes in the car, tells me, they're gonna, they've sent it as an urgent. And I'm like, what? And he goes, yeah, I kind of saw, I peeked over the side as she was talking to me about it. And I could see, like, the whole of my left lung was just different, covered in something compared to my right lung. Then he gets sent to the hospital. Um, so I am literally heavily, heavily, heavily pregnant, expecting a baby in a couple of weeks. At this point, I was like, 
two months to my due date or something like so that. So this is your third baby and your second baby with Aiden. Yeah. So you're heavily pregnant. He's just had this scan. Yeah. And you find out that... There's some fluid on his lungs. So he goes to the hospital to get his this fluid drained from his lung. Um, this is five weeks before my due date. Um, and he comes back from the hospital and he says, oh, they drained 1.5 litres of fluid off one lung. And he goes, there's a mass on my lung as well. Mm. I'm like, wow, brilliant. What does that mean? He goes, wow, it's looking like cancer. Mm. I'm like, for fuck's sake, again, literally. And so for four, for, for four days, dropping the kids off at school and, nurse, and nursery, crying my eyes out on the way back, devastated, like, what the fuck's going on? Like, what more can this poor boy, this poor man go through? Um, and four days later, I my waters break a month early because mm. I was stressing so much that because he had a biopsy coming up and I'm stressing, stressing. I remember stressing so much that he was going to be in Reading and I'm going to be in Basingstoke and he's going to miss the birth. Mm. But I think that's why I had him so early because mm. I was stressing so much. Mm. Um, so this cancer that he's got in his lung is completely unrelated to the cancer he's got in his brain yeah uh, completely unrelated nothing to do with because brain tumors brain cancer do, does not spread to the body it can spread to the spine but that's it, it won't spread to your body whereas body cancer can spread to your brain mm. so it's completely unrelated we also found out he's also got uh tumors in his abdomen as well so it's not just in his lungs mm. in the abdomen as well it's called Hodgkin's lymphoma. The good thing about Hodgkin's is it is curable, but obviously because he's got the brain tumour, they would normally do six months' worth of chemo, really strong chemo and radiotherapy to get rid of the Hodgkin's lymphoma. But because he's got the brain tumour, that's terminal anyway, they don't want to do it because his body's not strong enough and he just wouldn't cope. Um, so that was where we was at just before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then about two weeks ago he had a scan because obviously we found out he'd got this new cancer thought okay well let's just find out what my brain's doing he'd been having a few symptoms anyway he'd been having migraines he'd be say, saying his vision's funny because it like blurs um, then two weeks ago we found out his brain tumour has now fully grown back to the size it was when he first found it, which was the size of an orange. That's just... And he gets really bad headaches. Um, you can actually see his head where the where they cut it open, it, it pulsates. Mm. And he's like, and that's when it's really hurting. When it's not hurting that much, it doesn't pulsate. So, you, so he'd done a mild chemo and a load of steroids that he's just finished the chemo and he's still on all the steroids for the next five weeks um, to just try and help the symptoms with mm. the Hodgkin's won't help the brain tumour mm. uh, and now it's just to try and make things comfortable mm. I hate that word yeah 
I remember him saying to me, actually, Meg, I just want to be comfortable now. He goes, you know, yeah. I don't care about anything else. I just want to be comfortable. Mm-mm. Yeah. What, what hurts me is when he says to me, I can feel myself dying now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's just horrible. It's really horrible because when I first met him, he was just, it was just this strong man, like this beautiful, strong man that I met, like, and he took pride in everything, and now he's just so frail, he's he's poorly, I remember the first time I pushed him in his wheelchair was, it just hit me, like, this isn't what... Mm when we first met mm. like we envisioned do you know what I mean like this I mean you are after. bloody superwoman you had Marley next to you you had a two year old Nova on the reins you had Nova on the reins you had Sunny strapped to me Sunny strapped to you and you're pushing a wheelchair at the age of fucking 26 I know like it is mental Marley's Eight and Nova is almost three. Do you think they kind of understand what is going on and the reality of Daddy probably isn't going to be here for much longer? Um, I would say, well, with Marley, I've been very open and told him the truth in the most child-friendly way as I can from the beginning, do you know what I mean? Because... He was there when he saw him have his first seizure, um, and it scared him. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot of talk around it in the house. We don't hide it from them. It's the reality of what we're living. So I am honest with Marley, and I tell him what's going on. I let him process it, and then if he's got questions, I tell them. I te- I give him the answers to them as best as I can without scaring him and being too like morbid i feel like because of your childhood and your dad passing away you know how you wanted to be approached as it with it all as a child so you've learned a few ways in how to yeah definitely i think i think because i was the way it was handled when i was a kid wasn't the way that i would do it because i know how you felt how i felt confused and I I knew something was going on but no one was telling me mm. do you know what I mean mm. and I think that's worse than tell, telling them do you know mm. what I mean kids aren't dumb they know what's going mm. on Nova knows her daddy's poorly she knows she doesn't know the full extent mm. because I don't think a three year old knows that sort of thing but she knows daddy's poorly. She knows daddy can't do the things that he used to be able to do with her. I do think she knows, Marley knows. She doesn't know to the full extent, but she knows something's going on. Um, I am struggling to tell her. I've started to drop little, like, plant the seed, if that makes sense. Obviously, we speak about my dad a lot. Not a lot, but we've spoken about my dad. She knows my dad's an angel in the sky. Um, And I said, oh, your daddy will be an angel in the sky one day. 
Um, I've kind of dropped the seed. I don't know if it's the right way mm. to do it or not. It's it's really difficult. Um, I don't think there is any right way to deal with anything. I just think you know out of anyone who has been through anything like this, you probably know the best way to deal with it because you've been through it as a child. Mm. So I think you're doing amazing in planting the seed and yeah. talking about it openly. And as she knows, obviously, Aiden goes to the hospital a lot. Um, today he had a, he had to go to the hospital for a blood test and he, and, sh- and he came back and he, she was like, where's your plaster? Do you know what I mean? So she knows, um, and then she, <laughs> and then she's uh, kisses him better. So we've started to stop saying "you make daddy feel better" because that's what we were saying. Because uh, and now we say "you make daddy feel happy" and you you help daddy feel feel happy instead of because I don't want her to be like, oh, I didn't make him better. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so we totally. have to be careful with things like that. Because obviously we know the in- inevitable is, is he's going to die. The kids know. And obviously Sonny is 10 weeks old, so... He ain't got a clue. No. And what what have you done to, when they grow up, you know, they'll always remember their dad. You're always going to be open and talk about Aiden. Yeah. And... We started doing um, little memory boxes. Aiden wants to start getting some birthday cards, like... Um, the 18th, 21st, um, he wants to do some letters. I think he's done them. He's private with those things. Because um, mm. I think he wants to surprise us. But um, he has started to do things like that. Um, it's really hard because I do try and pre- pretend I'm fine all the time. Mm. But deep down, it's fucking shit. It kills me. It's breaking me inside. It's horrible. Mm. It is horrible. But I think because of the shit that I've been through, I know that I've got to be strong. I know that I don't want them to feel the way that I did when when bad things happened when I was a kid. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The kids are the only thing that's getting me through. This is why I think we had Sunny. No, obviously we I we got pregnant with Sunny, knowing he was gonna die. Mm-hmm. Aiden was gonna die. Um, because it's that I just wanted I just wanted some another thing of him that I can hold. Mm, yeah. It's selfish. I know. You wanted another part of you. Yeah. Part of him for you. Yeah. Yeah. And he always wanted a son. We always we it always knew we wanted more kids. Before um Aiden had got diagnosed, it was always we was going to have mm. more kids. It wasn't like, oh no, should we have another one because mm. you're gonna die? It wasn't. It wasn't a should. It was. It was always going to happen, whether or not he was gonna, he, whether or not he got, he had this or not. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It was always going to happen. Have you thought about the reality of your future? Um. Obviously, it's something that I do think about a lot. Um. And I say to Ada, oh, I don't. I don't want to be without you. I know it's going to happen and he knows it's going to happen but I don't it's not something that I want to happen Mm. but I know it's going to happen I will be on my own I will have three kids on my own I will be absolutely heartbroken um and 
the the life that I've always wanted that he has given me is going to come to an end um so it is definitely something I've thought about I try not to because I like to live in denial (laughs) that everything's gonna be fine (laughs) it's Mm. gonna be fine I just tell myself it's gonna be fine all the time um but yeah, it's something I do think about and it does it does scare me a little bit. It's not it's not a nice feeling. But the thing that gets me through it is the kids. I've got two little people that are part that I made with Aiden that are gonna get me through it. I've got my Marley, who's my little best mate, who's gonna get me through it and I have his family that are absolutely amazing and have took me on like part of their own and and I love them to pieces um, that they will get me through it as well. So I'm not alone, although I... Do you know what I mean? I'm not alone. Mm. I have them. I have my kids. I have my family. I have you. Mm. Um, It's just shit. It's not a nice feeling. It's heartbreaking. Mm. It really is. Especially considering all I wanted in my life was 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 a family. And a husband and and three kids mm. and what you've got right now. Yeah. Mm. And it's just being stolen from me really. Cancer has stolen that from me. Okay, we're gonna end it on a couple of practical questions and one of them being can you give me any advice for friends and family to help someone going through the situation you're living in right now so definitely reach out to the charities there's a lot of good charities that do help we had uh, Macmillan uh sue rider um friends and family really friends obviously you help me a lot (laughs) with my cleaning because the clean things like cleaning the house um they're little things but they really 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 help like in even like mentally when your house is clean I feel like I can deal with things a lot better than if it was all cluttered it just gets overwhelming do you know what I mean? So just ask to help. Make make a dinner for them. Go over and give them a dinner so they don't have to. to fold their bloody mountain of washing that I've got piling up in the kitchen mm. and put it away. Just things like that, really, because that does help. It's the little things that help. Although you can't take the situation away and you can't help take that away, those little things definitely help because they become overwhelming otherwise i would say as a friend if you've got someone going through a similar situation to what kai's living in right now don't message them and say anything i can do let me know you just message them and say i'm going to the shops do you want any shopping i've got an hour free i'm coming to clean what do you want me to clean um Get a bag ready of washing. I will come and pick your washing up. Don't give them a choice. Literally just tell them, 
what you're going to help them with and and do it. Because I know at the very start, I was like, Kaya, do you want me to come and clean? She'd be like, no, it's fine, it's fine. And by the end of, I mean... I started doing it, what, a couple of months ago? When Sunny was born. When Sunny was born, because I thought, I'm not even going to give her a chance. <laughs> I am literally just going to come in and clean. And I know that you really oh, appreciate God, yeah, it. I really do. I and really I know, do. I know that just takes a little bit of stress out of your life, which you don't need. Because, you know, I've got no responsibilities. I don't have any kids. I don't have my own house. Don't have a boyfriend. Like, I've got time yeah. to come and help. So if you do have time and your <laughs> friends are going through this situation... Don't give them a chance. Just go and do it. Just do it, yeah, because it does help. And I don't like asking for help. Yeah. And I don't like, like, I don't know, I'm funny. But if if I'm not given the option and you're like, I'm going to do this, I find it a lot easier. Mm. And I don't feel like I'm being a pain. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So definitely just do it. Right, I feel like this is where we're going to leave it. There's so much that me and Kai can talk about and there's so many more podcasts (laughs) that we're going to do in the future. Um, But I want to say, mate, I love you. (laughs) You are amazing. Oh, God. You're an amazing mum. You're an amazing wife. You're an amazing friend. You're resilient. You're strong. You're brave. And, you know, don't ever... You're going to go home and be like, oh, my God. I need a drink. I need a drink. (laughs) After that bottle of Prosecco, I'm going to need another one. But yeah, so thank you for talking to me. Just There's always someone out there that's worse off. That's what I just tell myself. There's always someone out there that's worse off. Um, And just be strong for your kids and... That's, that's it. That's what I am. That's what I do. Kaya's mantra, be strong for your kids. Yeah. <laughs>